0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Education Checkup. I'm Johnette Magner. We're a weekly podcast here at KTBS, and we cover what is happening in education in Northwest Louisiana. I am joined today by my co-host, Dr. Philip Roseman. He is a cardiologist by occupation, but he is here today as always, because he's a champion of education in Louisiana. He is past chairman of Blueprint Louisiana and a recent recipient of the Bob Ham Lifetime Distinguished Service Award by the given by the council for a better Louisiana. Welcome Dr. Roseman.
1: Thank you, Jeanette. We're gonna have a really nice discussion uh, from a school that's just had remarkable improvement over the last few years. And I can't wait to figure out how she's doing it. with us, we have Kim Hawkins, who's the principal at uh, Benton Elementary School, uh, uh, a growing area of town. Yes. I know that. Yes, absolutely. I, uh, I bet you have uh, <laughs> more students every year.
2: Every uh, year, we get more and more students. <laughs> yes, it's no longer the small little town that it used to be. No,
1: I can't imagine. It's a whole whole different place now than yes. it was uh, in my days of 20 or 30 years ago. Absolutely driving to Benton, but. Um, just uh, tell us a little bit about you, yourself, about your journey uh, how, uh, to principalship and...
2: Okay, well, I actually came from a family of educators and my mom always told me that I was gonna be a teacher and so I didn't wanna be a teacher <laughs> because she told me that. And so I got a degree in something besides teaching and did um, worked in some uh, nonprofit organizations and just felt the call of being in the classroom and being at the schools. And so I was part of the, it was a few years ago was when it was a pretty new program in Louisiana to become alternate certified for teachers. And I started out as a kindergarten teacher and eventually taught middle school for 10 years, which I absolutely loved, and uh, had people in my career path who invested in me and who encouraged me to become a leader and I became the assistant principal at Plantation Park. I was there for a few years. I absolutely loved it. I learned so much about everything. I learned about life, I learned about education. And then this is my fourth year as the principal at Benton Elementary. Uh, uh,
1: tell me a little bit about the alternate program, how, how difficult it was for you to get into the classroom. Was this something that you just learned as you went along? Did they have strong teaching Program for you, you know, to get you. I,
2: I it did. It's very. Di- it's changed so much since when I first did it. But at the time, it was uh, in-person classes. Now I think everything is online. But it was in-person classes, and I was required to do all kinds of classroom observations and uh, be able to see different kinds of schools and different types of teachers as I took my classes. And I was fortunate enough to be hired as a uh, a teacher on like a temporary certificate during that time and I had great mentors, great mentor teachers that kind of showed me the ropes. And I think the great thing about the Alternate Certification Program is it brings people into education who have a lot of different life experience. And that's really what our students need is diverse people to be able to be role models for them. And you,
1: you don't have any problem hiring alternative teachers for Benton Elementary. I
2: try to, because Mm -hmm. somebody took a chance on me a long time ago, and I wanna take a chance on somebody else and invest in them. Right now, I have four teachers at my school that are either in the alternate certification program or just finished it.
1: Well, tell us a little bit, just a little bit, we talked a little bit about Benton and its growth, but tell tell us a little bit about the history of Benton Elementary and Benton, Uh, and where you are today? Okay,
2: well, it used to be C.H. Irons High School way back a long time ago, and it then became an elementary school and was part of the exciting uh, times of desegregation, and it uh, it became a desegregated elementary school, and so it has a neat history with that, and it started out, it was K through six, and then we went to K through five, and the thir- the first year that I was there, it became just K through four because they created a middle school slash intermediate type program where it was just fifth and sixth grade. So that school has seen it all. And uh, we have lockers in our hallways, which is kind of unique to an elementary school because they were high school lockers at the time. And some of those lockers still have people's <laughs> names written down on them, like so-and-so, love so-and-so. And it's, you know, from the, <laughs> from the yeah. 70s and so, but we still use those lockers and the, I think our school has such a unique um, opportunity because we are right in the center of the community. And yeah.
1: you're,
0: oh, I was ahead. wondering, yeah.
2: can those little kids reach the lockers? <laughs> they can, they have to stretch up really tall, but we still use those lockers because, you know, when they originally built the school, um, it, of course there's multiple buildings now, but when they built the school, um, there's not a lot, there's no storage. And so the teachers use those lockers as storage because I keep every year I say I'm gonna take them out. And they're like, no, Miss Hawkins, you can't take them out because we need those lockers for storage. But the kids are excited to have lockers.
1: Is, uh, is that the only older school left in Benton? I mean, are the rest of them are new buildings?
2: Right, so the other schools are all pretty new and the intermediate and the middle school, they're older, but they're not as old as ours. Ours has a lot of history.
1: Yeah, well, uh, uh let me just ask you, or just what I learned is that you're, you're now in a school. Yes. Okay? So you've moved up from a school performance score of 78 to 91. And for people who don't know, wow. that's a yes. huge jump. In uh, four
2: years in the middle of COVID. It's exponential. Wow, that's yes. amazing. Congratulations <laughs> Thank you. to you. Thank you so much. That was the hard work of everybody Everybody from our cafeteria workers to our teachers to our parents and the kids who are the ones taking the test—it was—it was a true effort. Okay,
0: so I'm going to ask your question
2: that
1: Go I know ahead. you're going to ask right Good. now. Good, I'm glad okay. you're going to do that.
0: What is your secret
2: sauce? Okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is my question, as a matter of <laughs> fact. Oh wow! Well, I,
2: mean, I don't want to tell you all my secrets, but <laughs> no, um, uh-huh. I think the, I think the key to our success has been that when I came there, the staff was hungry for change. They were hungry, they wanted to be the best. They really wanted it. And so when we met together and said, how are we gonna create this dream school? How are we gonna create a school where we wanna work, where our students wanna come to school and our parents are proud to say, my child goes to Benton Elementary, they knew that we wanted to do something different. And so um, we implemented something called the leader in me And it's based on the seven habits that are written by Stephen Covey. A lot Mm -hmm. of people are probably familiar with those. And our children learn those seven habits. And we actually, now they have an eighth habit, which is my favorite, which is find your voice. And I was telling the kids today that I was coming here and I was like, I hope I can find my voice. You know, I hope I can. But we teach the children every day throughout all the curriculum we teach and we model those habits for our students. And the students learn how to set goals and they learn how to create um, measures to, cre- to see how they're doing on their goals. In fact, we had a kindergarten parent call me and just let me know, she was like, he is so excited about these goals that he's setting. He will not go to bed until <laughs> he practices counting to 100 and reading for 10 minutes because you told him that's what he had to do every night. And so as the students have reached these personal goals, they feel success, they feel hope, and the teachers feel that too. And then. When those things are all in alignment, everything else I think just falls into place. So did you find this program somewhere else or did you just invent it from scratch? No, so it's been around for quite a while and they, um, it, was, it was first started in North Carolina by um, a principal named Muriel Summers who had a school that they said we're gonna close you down in a year if you don't change. And she had gone to the Seven Habits Workshop and asked Stephen Covey, have you ever tried this with children? And he said, no, but if you do, let me know how it goes. And so she came back and her school, like mine, the, the teachers were hungry for a change and they implemented this. And now it's, oh, it's in like over 30,000 schools throughout the world. And the schools that are part of this movement have seen just huge growth in the way that, because it changes you as a person, as an educator, because you start to internalize those habits as well, and it changes the student. So we're really excited because our fourth graders this year are the first group that we've had that they've learned these all the way from kindergarten.
1: You know, I, I, I did do that myself mm-hmm. uh, when I was in my twenties and thirties is to really study uh, what Kobe was saying. Yes. Uh, and uh, their habits are so the habits that my mother and father tried to impart to me, but it was, it's just Going back to the kind of character values mm-hmm. and those kind of things that we've gotten away from a little bit, yes, you're going straight back to them.
2: Because it's not just, if you only focus on academics, you will see growth, but if you focus on helping everybody to be their best and to reach their growth potential, then the growth can be, it's limitless. You know, It's not just for a little bit of time. So for example, this month, the habit that we're studying is think win-win and a lot of people think, oh that means everybody gets a trophy, but all of my students will tell you that means that if other people win or are recognized for something, we're happy for them because there's an an abundance of great things in the world and if it's not my turn right now, it's gonna be somebody else's turn. Let's, uh,
1: I really wanna explore this just a little bit. Okay. So, and I think uh, the uh, audience will also. I'm loving it too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah uh, let's, Tell us a little bit about uh, the seven habits. Okay. Uh, go in and talk about those and let us know what.
2: So, them. the habits are broken up into two kinds of habits. The first ones are the internal victories, the things that we have to conquer for ourselves. And then we have the external victories, which are the things that we have to conquer in working with other people. So, the first habit that we ever teach the children is to be proactive. And, you know, for the littlest ones, we teach them that that means. You know, you lay your clothes out the night before, you think ahead, you try to be prepared. But really, being proactive is the opposite of being reactive, and how many people do we know in the world that are reactive? (laughs) That just, you know, at the drop of a hat. And so we teach them a method called pause and respond. That if they're starting to, and we all feel it, when you're starting to see red, or your heart's beating fast, or however you feel, we try to teach them how that feels in their body when they start to be reactive and to say, okay, I'm going to pause and respond. I'm going to pause before I respond. And so that's the very first thing that we teach them. That's the first habit. And so every month we focus on a different habit in our school and all the way up to sharpen the saw is habit habit seven, which is teaching them that it's not all about the academics, it's not all about work, but that play is important Mm -hmm. and finding things that you love to do are important. But the kids have really, the habit number eight has really resonated with them, find your voice. You know, sometimes when you go in a classroom and a child answers a question, it's always the same five children that answer a question because you have the other ones that are a little more timid or um, quiet. But we're teaching our children that every time they speak in the classroom, the expectation is to stand up, project your voice, and don't be shy. If you get it wrong, it's okay. But to, to find your voice, that one has really resonated with our students and to see the confidence that they have to be able to go up to a visitor, shake their hand, look them in the eye, introduce themselves, welcome them to our school has been really rewarding for us.
1: And part of that would be that the kids don't say anything negative to the other children right. when they're finding their voice.
2: That's right. So right. today I was doing an observation in a kindergarten class and the teacher has a little trophy that she gives out for the student who did the best during the phonics lesson. It's called the Haggerty Hero, and they get a little trophy. And she chose one of the students who had worked really hard, you know, doing everything he was supposed to do. And all of the other students in the class, even though they would have loved to have gotten the trophy, they clapped and cheered for the student. And they were like, we're so proud of you. We're so happy for you. And just to see at such a young age that if you teach them, that they can learn how to take those habits and make them part of who they are.
1: Well, I know you know my next question is gonna be about school climate. Okay. Uh, But I think you're answering it. I mean, uh, you are answering the question of what is it that has made the change in the campus, uh, in the school climate there?
2: So it's that, I think a lot of the leader in me and then also just being very intentional about celebrating our staff So every Friday, and I um, learned this from my mentor who was the principal when I was the assistant principal, we have a treat trolley every Friday for our staff. So today, before I came here, I was dressed up in a pink apron with a big hat with a cherry on top because we were taking (laughs) treats to our teachers because they're our cherry on top. And so every Friday we have a small treat or a trinket that we take around with music and I love to wear a costume. Like I wear cost. I have an entire costume closet. And so um, other people buy clothes, I buy costumes. That's, <laughs> my husband's like, not another costume. But, um, but anyway, we'll wear a little costume, we'll play some fun music, we'll go around, we'll celebrate with the kids and the teachers that it's Friday and the teachers get a little treat. I think things like that and just celebrating not just the teachers, but every single staff member, because we can't do it without everybody. You know, everybody has a role in the school. And I think that has been very important for every member of our staff to feel like they are important. And if they don't do their job, then we miss it.
1: Well, we missed Habit 2 and 3, so I wanna get back to Habit 2 and 3. Okay, I'm so sorry. All right. Okay,
2: so synergize, which means work together, okay? Think win-win, which we kinda talked about. this one is seek first, the next one is seek first to understand, then to be understood.
1: Now that one I want to talk about a little okay, bit. Okay, let's talk about yeah. that yeah, one. Yeah, that one's one that people don't do much anymore, No, so <laughs> so, when, so talk about that Okay, thing.
2: so when we do that one, when we talk about that one, we're teaching the kids to be empathetic listeners, and that's a big word for a child, and that's actually one of our guiding values at our school is empathy. And um, somebody asked me one time, why did you choose empathy as a guiding value for your school? Uh. And I said, because if you don't have empathy, you can't learn from other people. So teaching kids how to be empathic listeners. So um, every morning for 15 minutes before we start instruction, um, we have what's called a morning meeting. And every class does it a little bit different. Some of them sit on the carpet. Some the bigger kids, because they're just so big, they circle up around the classroom. It just depends what the teacher likes. And I was in a morning meeting the other day with some fourth graders and they would go around and say, and they say, okay, I'm gonna share something. So and what they've gotten into the habit of in their classroom is when somebody shares something, instead of you sharing next, you ask a question about what they just shared. So if you said, this weekend I went to a Mardi Gras parade then instead of saying, oh, I went to that too, then you say, oh, well, what kinds of stuff did you get at the Mardi Gras parade? And they love doing that, peppering each other with questions. And so teaching them that it's not so much important about hearing what you have to say back, Not we're trying to teach them, don't listen to respond, but listen to hear. Mm-hmm. And so to not be thinking about what you're gonna say next.
0: That is so amazing. It, when i was a professor recently at louisiana tech one of the things i learned over the years of teaching is when a student disappeared rather than just turn their name in and say he did, he's not coming anymore i would get curious mm-hmm. and i taught myself to call the student and reach out and say i've missed you are you okay mm-hmm. you know do you want to talk about why you're missing class and how can we help get you back right back in but we so seldom do we get curious. We, we just make assumptions right, and move forward with them. And just say, oh, well,
2: I guess they don't care anymore. I guess they, you know. And children have an amazing capacity for empathy if yeah. you teach it to them. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so we had a student that had a horrible thing happen to them this year, and when they returned back to school, I thought, how is this gonna go, you know, for them? And the teacher came and she said, I just want to let you know this morning and morning meeting, we were all in tears because the students shared their experience that had happened to them. And all of the students shared back with this, with that student how much they cared about them, how much they wanted to help them to overcome this horrible thing that had happened to them. And she just said, it just filled my bucket. You know, It just made me see how much capacity they have for empathy and love when you... Teach it to them.
1: Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I noticed that with my grandkids. I mean, they teach me about empathy. Yeah. Because my mm-hmm. granddaughter is very empathic, empathic Yes. Uh, about other people's concerns, and and she really does care. Mm-hmm. You know, and they do want to fill the bucket. You know? they, they do. Talk about that all the time. And we
2: talk about that with our students. Last month, that well, it's February too, but we always talk about in February filling each other's buckets and. I thought it was so sweet how the students just on their own on Valentine's Day all did Valentine hearts to put on their teacher's doors to fill their bucket. Nobody told them to do it. Nobody, they just, and I said, why did you do that? I wanted to fill my teacher's bucket. Mm-hmm. And we just talk about that with them all the time. And, um, you know, they are, they're our future, you know, they're our future leaders. And so we always tell them that we, that you need to lead, you know, with love and with empathy. and. It's been amazing to see that.
0: So I I know I keep butting in here. You go ahead.
2: I did a big series on truancy. Mm -hmm.
0: If school is a safe place Mm -hmm. where you feel heard and loved, how, what kind of impact does that have on attendance?
2: I think you can really see the difference in attendance when you have a culture of that the parents feel comfortable in the school and that the students feel comfortable in the school. So you know we c- we're coming off of all those horrible things that we went through you know in 2020 and how we had so many kids out of school for various reasons, and for them to feel like I'm missed when I'm not here is like today I was walking down the hall and a student came late. And as I walked by, all the students, they were in the morning meeting and they, were, they said, oh, we're so glad you're here. Mm-hmm. And I thought, how powerful for that little six year old who came late to school for whatever reason, we don't know mm-hmm. why, but for their peers to say, we're so happy that you're here. And I think that that makes them want to come because you know, kids will drive their parents crazy to take them somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so we, have, we had a child the other day that the parent came and checked them out after the Mardi Gras parade. And she came back and she said, I'm so embarrassed. But she said, he got in the car and he was crying because he wanted to come back to school. Can I check him back in? And so... That's that's good. She said he didn't want to miss. So one of the things that I learned, (laughs) that I've learned that we want, and I always tell my teachers this, we want the kids beating down the doors to come in, not beating down the doors to come out. And so that we want to create that feeling of love and excitement and engagement for our students. And I think that's what we're on the way to doing.
1: Well, yeah, I think this is tremendous. Uh, do, um, just in the, of implementing this type of thing, mm-hmm. is, do you have to pay a fee to, to yes. get this? And you, mm-hmm. you've found ways to- So it's not cheap,
2: cause you know, nothing great is cheap, but um, so we, we have been blessed with the opportunity, with people that have helped us, but we also hustle. So we, I will sell anything to anybody. I'll sell popcorn, we sell pickles. <laughs> we, I mean, we will sell it. Whatever we need to do to make it happen. But the last two years, we've had a company that does oil field business in our area that has brought a check to us every year for $50,000. Wow. And when they first called me, I honestly thought that it was a scam. Because who calls up and says they're gonna bring you a check for $50,000? And um, so I thought, okay, well, we'll see if they show up. And they did, they came with that big check with $50,000 and then they came back again this year, New Dawn Energy. And they, um, that has helped us tremendously. But we also have um, a great community base that helps us, that we have sponsors that help us out because you know, to do all those extra special things that you have to do in a school to make it what we want it to be, you know, they don't come free. Right. and so which is fine I mean we're happy to we're happy to pay for it
1: but it's, it's also just kind of reminds you that you know when you're doing the right thing sometimes people come along and help that's right and a lot of and you can tell a lot of the stories I can tell a lot of the mm-hmm. stories and I know you can and I know Jonette can too of, of being in the doing the right thing but someone helping out Yes. someone seems to be there yes every you know. time yeah well, listen. One, uh, before you go, okay. I just, I, I want to ask you a couple of questions. The first, personal questions. Okay. First is, do you have any uh, words of advice that you have um, uh, that you want? Words of wisdom that you want to share with those in the audience that you may share with your family or at school or whatever? Well,
2: the first thing I wanna say if I have students watching is to remind them that we're gonna win the day the Tiger way, because we say that every day. So I do wanna remind them that. But I always, my thing is I always say and I always think, do the right thing even when nobody's looking. And a person of integrity, it, sometimes you may have challenges, but you always know that you're doing the right thing. And like you said, when you're doing the right thing, everything just tends to work out eventually. I have a plaque on my desk that says, everything is figure outable. And I have that right there so that when the teachers are in there feeling frustrated, I'm like, don't forget. <laughs> don't forget, we can figure yeah. this out.
1: And all those habits all build toward that integrity. Yes. And, and, and uh, I think it's a, this has been a really interesting uh, time here, listening to what's happening at, at Ben, <laughs> And I just, uh, can't tell you uh, how much I appreciate, and we appreciate what you're doing at Benton Elementary, and our, and I'm sure all of Bozier City, Shreveport, all of us in Northwest Louisiana, appreciate what you're doing, so thank you, so thank much. you very much.
0: Thank you, this has really been fun. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and thank you for joining us for Education Checkup. You can view our other podcasts anywhere you listen to them, or you can go to our website at ktbs.com slash podcast. Have a good day and join us next time for Education Checkup.